Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Quick poll question out of the gate. Did you know that there was a football game being played in Starkville tomorrow? I was aware of that. I kind of forgot about that. I'll be honest, college football this week has been a little distracting with 80s leaving and coaching searches and drama and drama and drama. And we sit here, me, Michael Borky, him, Brian Haydad, in Starkville, the site of an actual football game being played tomorrow, least we forget. I mean, it's been a while since we've been in Starkville for a football game because... Yeah, you know they had two back-to-back road games in the bye week. The last home game was October seventh. Is that right? I think that's right. October eighth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I'm glad that we are here. I'm Michael Borky again. He's Brian Haydad at the Greater Starkville. Okay. Greater Starkville Development Partnership. I had to record three videos because I kept saying partnership development, and that's not right. It's not right. Is that, but I P- got the PD is down the street. The PD is down. The, well, you know, this if is, I uh, if I parked where I think I parked, they might be seeing me later. But yeah, the Greater Starkville Development Partnership. I, I know, uh, I know a guy. You know a guy? Yeah, we'll get that. We won't worry about that. Okay, good. Uh, but they may not like me. That's uh, I'm kind of concerned. It's I won't uh, tell so, them it's you. That's I'd say a friend of mine. I, I was filming guy a, I know. a pre-show video. And I don't know if, I couldn't decide if it was aggressive or not, but I was filming the video and a gentleman walked by and said, Borky? And just kept walking by. This getting and, the Borky treatment. That's all he said. And I can't decide if it was like, he didn't want to interrupt me and he's a fan or it's like, I know you, I'm going to acknowledge you, I don't like you. So that's I, all I'm going to do and I'm going to keep walking. I think he was positive about it. He should be. That's how I'm going to take it anyway. Because I need Borky to sh- drinking coffee out of his Mississippi State alumni yeah, I, coffee mug. I, I need to show this off here. Yeah. I have no shame. I was given the, the great people here at the GSDP, Damn. the Greater Starkville Development Partnership, not Partnership Development. Got to remember that. Right. Uh, they made me some coffee because I got cold coffee. I didn't like it. So they went out of their way to make me some. And I, I was given options, uh, disposable cups and mugs and all that. And no. I chose. Show them what's on the back of that thing. If maroon you can. and white forever there you is go. on the back of this. Just I'm, have it. I'm, I'm working on flipping them, guys. We're going to flip him, and I'm, I'm going to flip Gerard. 
That's going to be like a five-star flip on signing. Gerard's going to be a tough sell. I mean, I've already I got, got a lot of work ca- to do. I've got two cowbells already in my home office. We're going to have to dig deep into NIL to get Gerard. Oh, speaking of that, no. We, we might talk about that later, though. We've got, uh, I mean, a really good guest lineup today. Yeah. So, Rhett Hobart's coming by. Yeah. He is, his title cracks me up. I'm going to ask him about this. The Executive Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Affairs. Yeah. I don't know how you fit that on a business card. You probably don't. A very important person, nonetheless. He'll be by here in about 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. And then uh, a very important person. Yeah. Uh, not just because he's the reason we have 12 teams in the college football playoff in the very near future. We're thanking him right off the bat. Right away. We appreciate that very much. And not because he runs, I don't know, the state university that exists right here where we're sitting. Yeah. But also, he's got to hire an athletic director. Yeah. So we'll talk to Mark Keenum is going to stop by at 4 o'clock. We'll talk about that. Bruce Marshall with picks coming up at 437. Mm-hmm. we got Food Friday at 520. We'll do our picks at 5 o'clock. And let's talk about actual And football. our guests here from the Greater Starkville and, Development. And our show. guests here as well. So a loaded show. Come by and see us. If you're in Starkville for the game... And if you are that guy that just said my last name earlier, come by and actually talk to us. I'd love to see you. Uh, so, hey, Dad, you're going to have to help me out with the geography. I know this is Main Street, but what is this street? So we're on the corner of Main and... This is Lafayette. Lafayette. Lafayette is how Lafayette. you pronounce that word. Like the actual way to pronounce that word. Yeah, so we're on the make corner sure of that we're Main and Lafayette. Yeah. It's a beautiful, uh, I mean... Beautiful fall afternoon here. Beautiful yeah. afternoon. Hopefully tomorrow is going to give you more of that. Doesn't sound like that's going to be the case uh it's gonna be some rain tomorrow I and mean, we can't they can't all be a chamber of commerce day no but you've got one today right but the room we're in i mean you've got yeah, this high is, ceilings and this is easily the everywhere. most color we've ever had for a remote this we, we are surrounded by vibrant art everywhere we look it's good that richard's not here because he i down. feel like yeah he i mean you know, a lot of this is in his price range too. I mean, we're only talking about, you know, six, seven hundred dollars per piece. You know, I mean, he would he just, did clear the wall down, exactly. He'd take it all down, and and he would put them in his study. Yeah, I feel like of all people that would have a study, he, a, solarium. a solarium. <laughs> he has a solarium. Uh, apparently, Dan and Heisberg says Gerard did say Hail State on his show today. I'm, I'm telling you guys, the wheels are in motion. We are uh, glad to be with you. If you want to be a part of the show like Dan in Hattiesburg, you can. 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395. That's how you are a part of our show today. So let's talk actual football. I promised somebody earlier that listens to us every day. It's an Ole Miss fan, to tell you the truth. But he said, can you please spend more time on football than Lane Kiffin and Auburn's coaching search? And I said, yeah, yes. We can do that. We can do that. So let's talk football. I want to save two I was going questions to sign in to, the, uh, to the, the text line, but it, it doesn't recognize me. And I know that that goes to uh, Mr. Gallo's phone. Those, uh, those, and I, he's probably not awake, so I'm just going to, I'm just not going to do it. Wait, you have a, a way to text Gallo? No, no, no. If, if I, you can't sign in and it says we need to verify it's you, they'll uh-huh. send you a code. <laughs> it goes to Mr. Gallo's phone. And what's the point? So, oh, man. I have thought, I have, had so many messages typed out to Gallo's show that I've never sent just to mess with him. I've only ever texted uh, Gerard outside of this show the few times I've texted, and that was to to make fun of him the time that I changed the computers to Joe Biden's face. (laughs) 
I did that to Gallo once. I got scolded for that actually when I did it to Gallo. Got scolded. I, I changed all the computers. Uh, you know that press conference that Hillary Clinton did. I don't know. It wasn't a press conference. It was a hearing where uh, she was saying the "What difference does it make?" thing. I, I changed all the screens to her with her hands, like doing that right there, and yeah, I, I got I got scolded by Paul for uh, for that one. He told me never to do that again. So, <laughs> oh well, Gerard laughed it off. Uh, anyway, so we'll do two questions after a, a break here, but let's talk about the game itself. Yeah. So. Does it feel like people have kind of forgotten around here that there's an it's actual a game, game yeah. happening? Uh, maybe not, not not all the way, but there there has been so much more focus on John Cohen and 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 all of that. And of course, you know, all of the headlines of this game are with Auburn. You know, Brian Harson out, Cadillac Williams in, the offensive coordinator out. So you know, who's calling plays for Auburn? But there's you know, for Mississippi State, this is a huge game. They want to be better than they were a year ago. That's been sort of the mantra all season long that, that I've been pushing on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Be improved. Improve every year. you got to be 3-1 and one in this month to do that. And you, you know, with Georgia in there, you kind of yeah. feel like you know what the one for sure is going to be. So you got to win the other three, and this is one of them. Going to be a tough game for the Bulldogs. They've had some good news on the injury front with, uh, with Jaden Cromedy. Looks like he's going to be back this week. Dylan Johnson should be back this week. LaQuinston Sharp should be back this week. But... I got word last night that it looks like Emmanuel Forbes might be or should be out this week. Now, I'm just a one-week kind of deal. So just this week. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, this week is what I was told, that probably back next week. But might not see Forbes on, on the field uh, this week. We shall see. Uh, so if that's the case, Marcus Banks, the grad transfer from the University of Alabama, who's yeah. gotten some opportunities this year, has played pretty well. He'll have to get out there and, and do the job for him and probably start at that cornerback uh, opposite of DeCamerian Richardson. So we'll see. I think State's about as healthy as they've been all year. And you you said the, the key phrase on uh, on Monday's show. Have, have you watched Auburn? Yeah. <laughs> They're not very good. They are not. They've given up 40 points the last three games out. They've given up 40 points four times this year. Defensively, they can't stop anybody. They're kind of one-dimensional offensively. Mississippi State's a better team than Auburn. At the end of the day, they should win this football game. They should. Chase says, uh, a, a state fan, uh, a less optimistic one than most, says we haven't forgotten. None of us are just very excited about it. I, I will say this. I, I understand, look, the, there's AD drama and Auburn not being very good and stuff, but uh, th- this is going to be a little uh, sanctimonious maybe or uh, like I'm riding some kind of high horse. I, I hope I don't come off this way, but you've got seven home games a year. There's 52 weeks in the year. Only seven times do you get to watch your football team play on your field, in your town, in your stadium. And it's a game that, knock on wood, you should win against an SEC West opponent. Embrace that. I mean, it, it, it's hard to get up for this Auburn team. I get it. But but go and enjoy yourself oh, because think, you don't get games like this very often. I think often. you're wrong about one thing, though. It's not that people aren't getting up to play Auburn. I think it's the Mississippi State fans aren't getting up to watch Mississippi State. Mm. After two straight losses, after the way they've played offensively in those two games, Mississippi State fans are kind of down on their own team right now. They need a a good, solid win on Saturday to get everybody kind of going back in the right direction. We'll do uh, Chase says exactly, by the way, he agrees with you. Tim in Belmont says, I've got my fingers crossed Saturday, Hail State. We'll talk about the game, our favorite segment, or mine anyway. Two questions about Mississippi State going into the Auburn game tomorrow. 
I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad at Sports Talk Mississippi in Starkville on a Friday. We'll be back. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. For the Ole Miss fans listening, you want to hear a lot of that on Saturday. You want, as weird as this sounds, you want Alabama to beat LSU in a 12-overtime game that's very, very physical and goes into 2 or 3 a.m. There, there but, should be no bigger Alabama fans in the world this week than Ole Miss fans. That is that is exactly Sounds right. weird, but it's, it's how the way of the world works today. That's how it shakes out. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad, live in Starkville. Come by and see us if you're in town. Again, we're on the corner of Maine. And Lafayette Street, not Lafayette, Lafayette Street, Absolutely. like uh, in Louisiana or like in anywhere The rest else of in the, the world. civilized world. <laughs> yeah, come by and see us. We're uh, right on the corner at the Greater Starkville Development Partnership. Uh, a beautiful, I mean, I was meaning to say this in the opening segment. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Mississippi in the fall of 2010. Okay. And I made my first visit to Starkville, I believe the first time I came here was the spring of 2011, was my first visit to Starkville. Okay. And I've been many times since, obviously, with work and stuff like that. But the the Starkville I saw in the spring of 2011, mm-hmm. April and May, of, or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't remember the date, but I remember being here. Right. And now, well, completely def- different place. Yeah. And that, that's entirely a compliment. And that's something I hear a lot from, from alums when they come back to town. And they're like, I haven't been here in four years, five Even somebody who hasn't been here in like two or three years sometimes yeah. finds that, that going on. So, Like even this street. I, I, I love college oh, towns. I go so much out of my now. way yeah. to, to drive. Like when I'm driving through Atlanta, if yeah. I've got some time on my way home, I'll stop at Georgia Tech. Yeah. Just drive through and look at stuff. And yeah. I, I like college towns. I like college campuses. I, I did it on my way here today, and it's just like I don't recognize this yeah. place. In, in a very, very good way, I don't recognize this place. A lot of good things are happening here. You'll hear more about that coming up. But let's do the thing that we always do on Friday for, I think, six years running now. Two questions. We've only got one game to talk about, Mississippi State and Auburn. Yes. If the Bulldogs are going to win the game tomorrow, how about this, and cover, if they're going to win and cover the big spread Oh, we're, we're, going, we're going deep now. We're going okay. to go deep now. They absolutely have to do what? Limit Robbie Ashford's running game. Uh, I think it's pretty pretty simple. State this year has had some issues with, with running quarterbacks. Jaden Daniels torched them pretty good. Uh, Malik Hornsby had some big plays on them, but State was just so much better offensively in that game, it didn't make a difference. And, and State's been so – the Jekyll and Hyde nature of MSU at home is really – at home versus the road is really, really evident. So I think tomorrow, offensively, State's going to be really, really good. It's just a question of not allowing Ashford to run the football or on scrambles, which if he does, that can lead to big plays. Or when he breaks out the pocket – 
that's when he's that's when he's at his best as a passer. Yeah, you know he's not sitting in the pocket and scanning the deep. He's I'm going to roll out and try to find a wide open guy because yeah. we've got a broken coverage now. So State's got to do what they got to do. I think their linebackers are key in this game. Watson, Johnson, and uh, and Wheat, the law firm of Watson Johnson. Do you have a problem with your running game? Call the law firm of Watson Johnson and Wheat. WJW. There you go. Attorneys at law. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's vitally important. Mm-hmm. Is the run game because it's not just Tank Bigsby. You mentioned Ashford, but but Hunter's a good back as well. The only way that Auburn is going to stay in this game, uh, like schematically, physically, and emotionally as well, mm-hmm. if you allow them to get big plays on the ground, and they've shown you that they can do that, they can limit that, and it's ball game. Ashford is not beating this defense with his arm right. at all. And we've seen already this season, this state defense has been able to contain running quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Alabama game, we know that the score differential is pretty wide, but state's defense was exceptional in Tuscaloosa. They were really, really oh, yeah. good. Well, good enough to Held Alabama to 29 rushing yards? That's correct. 29 rushing yards. And LSU, until it wasn't, but state's defense for three quarters of that game were in complete control of Daniels and didn't let him do much with his legs. So they have shown you already this season against much better teams than the one coming in here tomorrow that they can do that. Mm -hmm. So if they do that again, it's a ball game. It won't be close. They'll cover the spread. What can they absolutely not do? Let's pretend this is a football here for just a second. What they cannot do is forget how to do. Just hand him that ball right there. Now now go that way. (laughs) If they can't forget that, they can't forget that they're allowed to run the ball. They were running the ball relatively effectively on Alabama, and then they just got away from it. I think uh, in the third, starting in the second quarter, they went 18 straight plays, and I think it was 30 out of 32 plays that were passes. Um, that's the formula for playing 2020 Mississippi State football, which nobody at Mississippi State wants to relive. They've got to run the football tomorrow against this Auburn defense. You saw what Ole Miss did against Auburn on the, in the run game. Now, I, I think Ole Miss is a better running team than Mississippi State, but you can't you can't just go out there and say we're going to throw the ball 55, 60 times and that's the path to victory. Johnson, uh, Marks, and Simeon Price, to whatever extent he's involved, they have to be involved. Yeah. They, State needs to run the ball twenty plus times tomorrow. I, I, if they do that, they'll be over a hundred yards rushing, and that opens everything else up for Will Rogers to be able to complete passes down the field, to be able to be effective. They've got to run the football. They can't forget to run the football. Mm-hmm. And protection is important, as always. You know, breaking news, more at 11. You've got to make sure your quarterback has time to throw the football to have a successful passing offense. Getting That's, LeQuinston Sharp back will go a long way to getting that offensive line yeah. the way it was in the Arkansas and the Texas A&M game when they were so effective. No sacks. Uh, I think 310, 320 rushing yards total in those two games. That take is why we get paid the big bucks, by the way. Uh, you're welcome. Got to protect your quarterback. The big uh, bucks, you say? Yeah, somebody go tell Mike Leach. Don't, 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 say, can don't say big bucks around me too loud. Charlie Winfield's office is right down the road. He'll be hitting me up. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what a interesting week on the NIL front. But yeah. let's put that to bed for a second. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that, maybe. Uh, not maybe. Well, we're we're going to come back to that. To that. Yeah. Uh, but for, for right now, Auburn's interesting because you've seen it elsewhere in college football this year mm-hmm. for some reason interim coaches interim have coach. had immediate success and cadillac williams based on it, press conferences don't mean anything are we still don't. calling him cadillac i'm still calling him cadillac. i mean i think it's cool to call him cadillac but i feel like he wants to be carnell coach that's Caddy? tough though coach caddy's a pretty awesome name okay it's not coach you. prime but coach caddy's pretty coach awesome. caddy is up there though yeah um for whatever reason interims have had success and when you listen to him talk it sounds like 
that's the kind of guy that I would play for. I right. would get because he knows what to say. He knows he's, what he's, to he's say. been there and he's done. Been that. there. So I wonder how different Auburn's going to look. Maybe not emotionally. I mean, State had a bye week. They had, they've had two losses going into the bye week. They should be juiced up and ready to play this game. But right. what is Auburn going to look like offensively, defensively, schematically? Are there going well, to be any differences that, that Leach and Arnett have not seen on film yet from Auburn after all these changes and four firings and all this stuff? So, What are you going to see? Defensively, I don't think anybody moved. I think that staff stayed intact, that side of the ball. So don't expect to me to see too much difference there. Offensively, though, Harson and I don't know the offensive coordinator's name off the top of my head, but the primary play callers are gone. Yeah. So, and I mean, this is Cadillac Williams, right? One of the most prolific running backs in SEC history. I have to assume they're going to come out run heavy. That's their strength. Ashford, Bigsby, and uh, and Jarquez Hunter. That's the strength of the Auburn Tigers. So my guess is, I, I, you know, I'm not saying they're going to you know follow the old tenet of always run, never pass. But they're going to be pretty close to it, I think. I think you're going to see them come out and attempt to be physical and attempt to really try to run the ball at this Mississippi State defense. The good news there for State is that they're pretty good against the run. Yeah. You know, outside of the game with Chris Rodriguez, which you can just sort of, I think it's an outlier. I think that for the most part, State's been pretty good against the run this year. And getting Jaden Crumity back will go a long way for that as well. So. It's going to be kind of a strength-on-strength matchup there. If Auburn can win that, they can stay and make this game very, very interesting and, and make, you know put pressure on Mississippi State. If State can bottle up that running game, it's, yeah. it's going to be tough for Auburn. Bo in Indianola says he's also auditioning for a job. I don't think the Auburn job is one he's auditioning for. No. There's no way that they're going to promote from within. But, yeah, it's, it's noted, though. I mean, if that's something that he has aspirations for, this can go a long way. I, I mean... It, Mike Leach and Zach Arnett in their football team are not expecting this. Fans can be like, well, you know, this Auburn team, they fired their coach, they're going to quit. That I, I would be shocked oh, no. if Auburn doesn't come out I would, to play. I would long. think it's the other way around. I think they would be more motivated to play. Yeah. Because, I, th- I mean, I think when you go out there with a coach you know is going to lose his job, that's a drain. Mm-hmm. That's, it's, that's tough on a team to go out there week in and week out, and you're like, okay, we're, we're going to go through this again, but, you know, it doesn't mean anything. And now, I mean, I think they know Cadillac Williams isn't going to be the head coach at Auburn, but they're excited to play for him. He's an Auburn guy, too. So, he, I mean, you talk about somebody, it's personal to him. I expect them to come out very early and be very, very motivated, which is why it's key for State to get off to that fast start that they've done in all of their wins this year. Yeah. When they have gotten off to a fast start, it's, it's been they've been able to cruise for the most part. This team is averaging 40-plus points a game at home. Wow, how about I mean, that? 49 against Memphis, 45 against Bowling Green, 42 against Texas A&M, 40 against Arkansas. They've scored 40 or more points every home game this year. I think they're going to do it tomorrow. As I well. do, too. I think they're going to do it tomorrow as well. The state defense is going to be tested some. We'll see if they can rise to the occasion, but they've been tested in this way before. It's the SEC. If you, if you haven't been tested by November, you're Ole Miss. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, I got you. I got you on that one. Chase said, uh, can you jump on them early and make them abandon what will likely be a very simplified game plan? And if you can't, do you finally have any remotely resembling an offensive adjustment? Those are two questions. Rhett Hobart will sit down with us next at Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi. 
covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you live in Starkville, and a very important man joins us right now. I can't hear you. We'll uh, we'll try our best here. How's there? We go. Uh, there we go. We figured it out. All right, that's better. Uh, Rhett Hobart, I, does this entire title fit on? You know, the more, usually card. the more the words, the better. So, senior associate athletic director for uh, director for external affairs. There's a mouthful. If, you, you got if your it. salary yeah. was a thousand dollars a letter. You'd be I would take life. that. Yeah. I would take that. So, what does that mean? Oh man, I mean, it, it basically means anything that's fan facing is my area. Anything you think of on a game day that's not parking, that's not operations, that's not the well, play on the really field. He really wants to stress the not uh, yeah, not parking, especially going to the weekend. Not parking, not operations, but anything that's fan experience facing, in venue experience. Um, basically, trying to make sure that you want to come to the game and you have a good time while you're there. Simple terms, how I would put it. So how much has that changed? I mean, we, we talk often, especially when COVID came and people couldn't go to games anymore or, or were severely limited with how they could go. Is that a constant battle? And how do you fight that battle of people in the at-home experience and not coming anymore and those sure. kind of things? What did COVID do and how are you trying to fight against that? I mean, I would tell you that even before COVID, it was getting it was getting harder. You know, the, it, it's interesting when you think about the biggest revenue stream of universities is TV revenue. But that's also your – so you've got to have success there. But it's also your biggest competitor in driving people to come to your games. The easier it is to watch on TV, the more simple we make it, the better we make the TV experience by investing. It makes it harder if you get fans in venue. So, you know, I think there was people who – probably during COVID, for the first time in their life, miss coming to a game in a season. And they realize, you know what, there, there is some simplicity to having free parking and free concessions in a 50-yard line seat the whole time. But, you know, from my perspective, what we try to play up is there's really nothing like the in-venue and game day experience. You can't get the tailgating. You can't get the band. All these things that make a game day in person that, that's what makes it unique to come on your campus and watch a college football game. Red Hobart, one of my favorite guys over at State. I wanted to ask you about the uh, these three games coming up because this state's schedule this year has been a little weird, right? You've had you had the first game, then a road game, road game, three straight home games, yeah. road road by three straight home games. When you're talking about getting fans to the stadium, is it difficult to make them want to do it three games in a row? Obviously, with Mississippi State versus Auburn this weekend at home, it's a, it's, it's a start to a pretty big uh, three-game home stretch here. And, and, and next year's schedule is not much better. We have these broken-up blocks. Generally speaking, when you see that, one game is going to suffer. You, you really have a hard time getting people, especially in a state like Mississippi where our fans are driving longer than anywhere else in the league to get to games. I think our average ticket holder for Mississippi State football drives like 90 miles to come to a game. That's There's not like that a lot of places. And so, you know, game time is a big part of that for us. I mean, we see a pretty significant swing in scanned attendance for an 11 a.m. versus a 6 o'clock, for example. But a three-game homestand adds to that. I mean, traveling to Starkville three times, it's hard for people. And so... um 
you know, we tried the best we can to, to promote coming to all three, but you're definitely like in this homestand and in the first three game homestand, you're going to see one game that's lesser attended. ETSU's not going to have to crowd these first two halves. So, and that game is streaming only. Yep. That's a game that allows you guys to sort of set the game time, doesn't it? It does. Uh, that'll come out on Monday. So, okay. you know, we, we honestly, we lean heavily on football for that. We let the, we let the coaching staff give their input on what they need from a competitive advantage standpoint and what let they Mike can Leach do. take that pick. Yeah. 3 a.m. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> so that game's going to come out Monday with the other TV selections. So. so how much conversation, because fans get really upset, understandably so, when they get that 11 a.m. kickoff. Eli Drinkwitz, for example, at Missouri said, you know, we just got to deal with it. I know you don't like opening beers at 10 a.m., but you got to and yep. just get over it. What can you or, or do you have any conversations with the networks about trying to get better time slots than that, even though the 11 a.m. games rate on television quite well. TV values early kicks because they view the likelihood of you watching college game day or SC Nation staying on that channel. There's a lot of value in a good game following that so you don't change the channel. So they, they value that heavily. Um, but for us, I mean, it, it's challenging. We, we've had a lot of conversations about it, to be honest with you, about, um, you know, some places work better than others. I'll, I'll tell you, for example, I mean, I just spent two and a half years at Wake Forest a noon kick is a lot different than an 11 a.m. kick, as much as that hour means. But in the Eastern Time Zone, a noon kick is different. Not to mention, your, your fans at a school like that aren't traveling near as far as they are in Mississippi. You're much more, you know, your fans are nearer to campus there. So, a lot of conversations about it. Uh, and I, I would tell you, I think legitimately, an 11 a.m. kick versus a 6 p.m. kick is probably an eight to 10,000 person scan wow. swing for us. Wow. You're going to probably scan, and it's going to be a later arriving crowd. A morning kick, you're going to have a later crowd coming in. Um, and it's going to usually make more bottlenecks to gates, all those things that detract from your experience. But, um, you know, the money's in TV, so that we got to have the good kick times for them too. And now we've reached the point in the year where college basketball is about to start. You guys are running a promotion. I've seen the stuff around town today, tip-off week. What exactly is going on there? Four games next week at home. So we've been trying to promote the idea for fans who are coming to town for this game against Auburn this weekend. Stay around for Georgia. Stay the full week. You can watch two college football games against conference opponents, and you can watch four basketball games. So we have four games starting Monday night. Men's basketball plays uh, A&M Corpus Christi Monday at 6.30. The men play again next Sunday at 2, Arkansas Pine Bluff. And there's two women's games, Wednesday at 7 and then Friday at 5.30. The Friday at 5.30 game is a little bit special. We are doing a banner share morning for Latoya Thomas. Yeah. And so it's going to be a really neat deal. That game's earlier than normal because we actually have a uh, linear TV broadcast with volleyball at 8 o'clock as well. So we've got 5.30 women's basketball and then 8 o'clock um, volleyball that night. New men's coach, new women's coach. What's the excitement level, I guess, from a ticket sales standpoint? There's a lot of excitement. You know, the ticket numbers, I would tell you, are pretty comparable. Maybe we saw a little uptick this year. Um, I think there is some nerves related to what's the experience going to be like with construction. From the beginning of this project, even, no matter what has been set out there in recent weeks, from the beginning of this project, there was always going to be a year playing through construction. Right. You look at the year we played through at Duty Noble. Mm-hmm. Now I would tell you, outside and inside are a little bit different. You probably you probably understand or are more willing to accept you know an outside dirt on the concourse versus inside in the Coliseum. It's a little bit different playing in a in a construction zone, but. Our groups are doing an incredible job right now preparing. Just walked the concourse about an hour ago, making a lot of progress there. But there is excitement. You're seeing ticket sales. I think they're going to grow. I think next year we'll see a really nice spike when we open the new renovated Humphrey Coliseum. But I think there is a bit of patience going to be needed this year, understanding we are going to be a work in progress. And you may not have every restroom open. You may not have every concession stand open. It's going to be a, a different year than normal for the Humphrey Coliseum. 
Obviously, you know, we don't know what the big story at Mississippi State this was, was this week. We're going to talk to Dr. Keenum in a little bit sure. about that. The other big story is the, the explosive growth of the Bulldog Initiative, which is Mississippi State's NIL group uh, run by Charlie Winfield, who has his office sure. right down the street. Uh, picked up, I think, close to 900 members uh, in this week. I mean, I say week. We're talking about four days. So that's a lot of money coming in. The university, you know, is now a little – is able to do more promotion of this NIL group. I saw today that there's another NIL effort uh, that was uh, put out by the university how active are you guys going to be pushing NIL sure. forward? You know, I've had a lot of folks ask me this week about, you know, what changed? Why is the sudden push for NIL activity from Mississippi State this week? I'll tell you the truth of that is that the NCA issued a new directive middle of last week that really changed everything about and, and made it less cloudy, more clear what we actually can do. You know, there was, before that, that directive came out last week, there's been nationally a lot of question and, and how, about how do you approach this? What can you as a school legally say to not get yourself in hot water? There are schools who pushed it more, uh, despite the gray area. We probably did not quite as much. Um, but the NCA directive last week basically said that the schools and school officials um, can be actively involved in promoting third-party partnerships, collectives, and honestly directing boosters directly to ways they can support student-athletes. And so that changed everything for schools. I mean, there's no more gray area to can you do this. Um, it's yes, you can, and go for it. So, you know, we, we've done a lot this week. It's been a pretty active week in, in, on that regard, being this came out middle of last week. The end of the week was a little bit busy, and the start of this week was a little hectic. So you, you, saw, some, way to put it. you, you saw some things start coming out, you know, early to late middle of this week for that. Um, and to your point, you know, the, the, the Bulldog Initiative had an incredible week. Um, you know, I, I thought Bracky Brett, our interim, interim AD, did a really nice job in a letter he sent out, I think Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, where he said – you know, every year for years and years in the past, we have asked our fans to give financially for scholarships, facilities, projects, and we're going to keep doing that. But the world's also changing. Sixteen months ago, the world changed forever in college athletics, um, and, and we have to understand that that now there is going to be a different thing we've got to ask for, and that is that our fans and our supporters also give to our collectives, and they're going to be able to support our student athletes. So, to your point, I, I talked to Charlie this morning as well. Already, two hundred members today alone. Wow. Uh, over 850 this week, and it's been an over a million dollar week for the for the Bulldog Initiative so far. So, really, really solid interest. We're going to keep pushing it tomorrow uh, at the Mississippi State for Auburn game, um, and keep pushing it that way and driving people to to sign up and be a part of the Bulldog Initiative. You can give a one time gift or a monthly gift at bulldoginitiative.com. And then, to your point, uh, we did launch today another partnership um, through Open Doors at. And that's a different deal. It's a direct-to-student-athlete direct partnership. If you want to make an offer to one student-athlete, you can go to the Open Doors Marketplace or support all athletes through the Bulldog Initiative. It's a lot of changes. Things are different. But when you go and sit in your seat and watch the game, it's the exact same thing. Rhett Hobart at Mississippi State, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you all for having me. Appreciate it. And uh, Sports Talk Mississippi, we'll be right back. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Don't go anywhere. More from Starkville, beautiful Starkville, on a Chamber of Commerce Day when we come back. Let the broadcast 
broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Remember what fight song this is? Is this Kentucky? What's up with your mic? Is there something wrong? Are you turning it down like every break no, or something? No, I haven't touched it. I haven't touched. I don't know it. what's going on. I think that's a you problem. It's, wow. That's a you problem. And she's, she's like it's too loud. See, we'll figure this hear out. It? No, I'm I, Michael I can Borky. hear it. He's Brian Haydad. Rhino hasn't told us anything's wrong, so we're just going to roll with it. That's true. I think he, that, he would tell us. He would tell us. So. He, he would be nice, though. He wouldn't say it over there. He would just text me. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to embarrass us. It would be like, you idiot. Which, we embarrass ourselves every day. Yeah, no, that's but, a true story. But either way, I'm Michael Bork. He's Brian Haydad. We're at the Greater Starkville Development Partnership. Paige Hunt joins us right now. You are the director of tourism for this place. What is... What is that? What do you do? The best job in the world is what it is. Sounds good. Wrong. I have the best job in the world. You go second. Okay. I I get number two. Mine would be the best if I didn't work with him. Thoughts and prayers. It brings it down a lot. No, my job is to sell Starkville to visitors, to people who don't live here, uh, to come and visit. And obviously, obviously, an SEC football weekend is a great weekend Mm -hmm. to come visit. But we want them to come back on on non-game weekends, too, to experience things. And I also work um, on recruiting retirees to live and relocate to Starkville. Okay. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, I first came here... 11 years ago was my first visit to Starkville, and the change from then to now in this place is, is shocking in a good way. It's staggering. Starkville has just made leaps and bounds. It's it's coming home for, for us moving back here. Uh, I lived here. We lived here in the early 2000s, from 2000 to 2007, and moved back in 21. So to be gone for 14 years and, of course, still coming back all the time for games and things. But to see the growth of Starkville just over the last decade and a half is just impressive. I mean, it's such a vibrant, growing community. We really are so lucky. It it feels so much bigger than it is really population-wise. Of course, Mississippi State University helps with that, but it's just a wonderful place to live. I mean, we've got stuff going on all the time. Last weekend, y'all know, was an open date for Starkville Mm -hmm. uh, for the Bulldogs, uh, but we had our annual Pumpkin Palooza Halloween event on Thursday night. We had um, live music all around town on Friday night. We had our annual Cotton District Arts Festival on Saturday. There was stuff going on, even though there wasn't a quote-unquote game event going on. Uh, this weekend, we've got, of course, we've got the game uh, tomorrow that we're looking forward to. And then we hope folks stick around on Sunday because it's our annual Christmas open house. So a lot of our retailers around town are going to be open uh, with special Sunday hours, most beginning at 11 and go until 3 or 4. Uh, so folks can get out and get a little early start on their Christmas shopping. Can you believe we're talking about that already? I was like, can we not call it a Thanksgiving open house? Why are we skipping all the way ahead to Christmas? We call it holiday. So, okay, okay. so pick your holiday. So we just had Red on and yeah. talking about this tip-off week. You know, so we're starting tomorrow. In, in seven days here in Starville, you've got two football games and four basketball games. Right. And he's talking about let's try to get people to stay the whole week. You know, do you feel like that's a you know something that you can push forward with and say, okay, yeah, we're going to stay a week in Starkville. Give somebody an itinerary. What would they do here? Uh, you could, I mean, I know what they would do. I was going to say, you could absolutely spend a week here in Starkville. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mentioned all the, the shopping things going on. We've got um, – We've got so many local restaurants. I bet folks haven't had a chance to try all of them. We've got some new, great new places, some tried and true places. Um, I mean, I don't know how many folks have gone onto campus and experienced all the museums and art galleries that mm-hmm. are on Mississippi State's campus that are free. The Ulysses S. Grant Presidential Library is located at Mitchell Memorial Library on the campus of Mississippi State University. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lincolniana Collection is there as well. It's a large collection of Abraham Lincoln memorabilia. The John Grisham Room. Um 
you know, the Charles H. Templeton Senior Music Museum. Those are all just in the Mississippi State Library. Not to mention, like I said, the art galleries. And you haven't lived until you've gone to the Colorsway Depot and seen all of the clocks at the Clock Museum. The clocks are there. They are cool. They're very cool. It's like over 700 clocks. clocks. Yeah. Honestly, I love a good decorative clock. Well, then. Well, you Except for not not this one, though. Because it's right there. <laughs> because, <laughs> because of it almost knocked things. it over. Oh, that one has got a Stranger yeah, Things spot. Well, a little bit. It's it, it's of a certain era. We're yes. talking about a we're talking about a grandfather. Vecna's going to come. Get no, no, me no, 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 no. Vecna and Stark. No, no, not no. in God's country. No. So you're safe. You're, you're safe. good. You're good. What else is going on? You know, for the holidays, obviously, there's a lot going on. Absolutely. What's what's after after this weekend with the holiday showcase? Like you said, what, what, what's next for Stark? So we have um, on the Friday night before the Georgia game. So that's Friday, November 11th. So a week from today, we'll have our fall unwind event. So that's a shopping event in downtown Starkville. Your wife would be all she over would that, love it. Buddy. So you buy a ticket, and each store offers twenty percent off, and you get a commemorative wine glass, and they each have different wines for tasting. So you can walk around our entertainment district, also known as a Go Cup district, here in downtown Starkville. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then it's the fiftieth anniversary. of of our Startville Christmas Parade and our Holiday Bazaar. So Christmas Parade, self-explanatory, right? Um, our Holiday Bazaar is a two-day shopping event. It's local uh, local artisans and, and craftsmen from all over the state. So that'll be the Christmas Parade is November the 28th, and then the uh, Holiday Bazaar is November 30th and December 1st. Another time you could come and stay for a whole week in Startville. You know, I, I hope my wife is not listening, though. Why? Because I, you- I don't know if the bank account could handle all of that. But no, but, but see, there's discounts. There it is. There's See, now discounts. I'm sold. Now you've sold him. Now it's you've that sold easy. him. Yeah. I, that, That's it, why she runs the show. Yeah. Exactly. I'm the type of person, too, that if it's a $600 item at 20% off, I still can't afford it, but guess what? I save 20%. So you I'm, talked yourself I, I, into it's it. It's unbelievable. Starkville.org for our calendar of events. Starkville.org. And you'll be back with us at the end of the 4 o'clock hour. Yeah. Right. You'll yes. be back with us here in a little bit. Thank you so much, though, for having us. This is so much fun. Thanks. Thank you, Paige. Absolutely. We'll, we'll be right back. Mark Keenum going to join us next. I wonder if we have anything to talk about with him. Maybe a little. Maybe, maybe a little bit. We'll do that we'll when get we come business. I'm Michael Borkies, Brian Haydad. It's great to be with you on this Friday afternoon in Starkville, but we're not going to waste any time. We've got somebody who, depending on how humble you feel like being, you're the orchestrator of the 12-team college football playoff. You also run a major university, and you're looking for an athletic director. Seems like you're kind of a busy guy lately. Dr. Mark Keenum with us right now. Well, thank you, Michael. It, it is a busy time, and uh, you give me way too much credit on the first uh, <laughs> issue you pointed out to about college football. Uh, yes, yeah, busy time. It's an exciting time uh, here at Mississippi State. And we're proud to have the two of you and have this program here in downtown, beautiful Starkville. And I love all the Christmas decorations that are up yeah. downtown. It makes me feel all festive and in a holiday spirit. So uh, yeah, it's a good good things are happening, at Mississippi State. We're lucky you're giving us a lot of time today. So I want to start with the playoff, if if that's okay. How when you're talking to 
people in a similar position to yours about changing how college football determines its champion. How difficult are those conversations to get everybody on the same page? Uh, well, you, well, there's a, there's a real strong desire, I think, uh, to change what we're doing. Now, I'm going to just tell you, the Southeastern Conference, well, we've been pretty good in the college football playoff current format. Mm-hmm. You know, just look at last year, you know, we had the two finalists, and it's twice that we've done that. And so we have a very good track record of performing and doing very well and having an SEC representative playing for the national championship. But I also recognize that, um, let's just be, let's just lay it out there. Schools like Mississippi State University. You know, I go back several years ago when Dak Prescott was here and we had a really great season his junior year. And, you know, the trivia question is that the very first school ranked by the CFP format to be number one in the nation was Mississippi State University. And we had that ranking for five weeks. And so we were very competitive. Ended the season ranked number seven in the country. And anyway, um, even that great team would not have been able to play in the current format for the national championship. And and I recognize that being the final four, there's 131 teams in the College Bowl Series format. And uh, when you only have four that can compete for the championship, uh, I'd like to see more schools like Mississippi State, University of Mississippi, Southern Miss, other schools have an opportunity. So I'm a fan of expanding the playoff and have been. Uh, but there are a lot of issues involved in going from four. It sounds easy to go from four to 12. How hard can that be? Well, that's very difficult. We've said that exact phrase on this show many times. <laughs> many times. <laughs> well, trust me, I have a great whole new appreciation for all that's involved, bowl partnerships, contracts, media rights contracts, and logistics, and on and on, campuses who have to accommodate this new format and how they're able to do it. So there's a lot of moving parts. And it took us about two years, okay? Now, we had a little thing called COVID in between that interrupted some of this and caused us to be delayed in our ability to move forward. But we got it done back in early September, and and we've got great colleagues, members of the, the Board of Managers for the college football playoff, great leaders across the country who represent our 10 conferences, and Father Jenkins uh, with Notre Dame, Great group of leaders. I have tremendous respect for them. I'm honored to be in the room with them. They're such outstanding leaders. And we we finally came to a point where we had to make a decision one way or the other and either decide we're going to go forward. And because we saw a window, and, and the window may not be even open for us, but you know we, we need to decide by the year 2026, the 26 football season, what will the format look like? Because the current format ends after the 2025 football season. Our contract with ESPN expires. So we've got to make a decision. I think everyone in the room in our group who represent all the 10 conferences in Notre Dame agree we want to expand. We like the 12-team format. So let's go ahead and decide it because let's give ourselves a chance to possibly start this format in year 2024. And that's why we moved forward, and I was pretty insistent on that we need to make a decision, and we did, and that was monumental for college football in our future. So we know we're going to a 12-team format. We know at the 
at the at the latest it will be 2026. But let's give our commissioners an opportunity to work out a lot of these logistics that I was discussing and try to start it earlier if we can. Possibly 2024, maybe 2025 if we can't get it done in 24. But Let's give them a chance. And so that I think that's what helped us get over the hump, over the hurdle, to finally cast the votes we needed to approve the 12-team format. So I'm, I'm pleased. It's in the hands of the commissioners. They have been meeting. My goodness, they have been meeting and meeting and meeting and trying to work out the details. Um, they're still having more meetings. They'll be meeting as of this coming Monday. I'll give you some inside news. They're, they're continuing to discuss the details. And I'm doing my part to continue to urge them. And Greg Sankey is a leader in this group. He's an outstanding leader for the nation in, in athletics, college football especially. And I have complete confidence and trust in his leadership as he's working with his colleagues to hopefully hopefully come up with something sooner than 2026. But, again, if it's 2026, then I said that after we voted in September, then that's okay. It's not my preference, but at least we know where we're going for the future of college football. When you talk about Greg Sankey and the SEC, you mentioned the SEC probably be happy to stay at four because they've done so well in that format. Why is the SEC such a leader in trying to expand a format that they've already been successful? Well, I think it goes back to what I said. You know, if you look at it just as a conference, and if you simply look at it from a selfish standpoint, then the SEC would never agree to go to a 12-team format. But uh, you know, but you're only limiting it to a handful of schools realistically that will have a chance to compete. I think when you broaden it, you bring more into the equation. You bring in, I think, schools like Mississippi. I'm not saying we can't be a top-four team, and that's what our hope and goal is. And when I talk to Coach Leach or even anyone that we in, the, in our program, we aspire to be at that level, and we want to be at that level. But also and realist and know that we have a better chance if it's more teams able to compete. Just like I refer back to when we had Dak Prescott here in, in the great season that we had. University of Mississippi last year, for example, would have been in the playoffs. They would have hosted a playoff game uh, at Oxford on their campus. And how exciting that would have been. And just like I use the the analogy or the, the example um University of Mississippi, great example of a team that was the last team in the baseball college playoff. The last team in. And they won it all. Give young student athletes a chance. Give coaches an opportunity and let them compete. And when you get to this level uh, uh, and you look at some of the upsets we've seen in college football lately, you get in a playoff format. A lot of things can happen, and you get a lot of excitement. The fan base, I think, will be electric about their schools making it to the playoff, just like we get excited when our basketball team or our soccer team gets excited, gets invited to be in the NCAA tournament, which we hope they will. Uh, Making the tournament is going to be another measure of success. And so we're talking about a, a national football tournament. Try to get in the tournament. And as you get into your particularly in the second half of a regular season, every game is almost becoming a playoff game. And the fan excitement, the energy, the engagement is just over the top. It will bring a lot more energy, I think, to to the sport and give student-athletes more of an opportunity to compete for their nation's national championship. 
And and so you step back as a conference and you look at it collectively, the membership and who we are, who we represent. Um, that's why the SEC is willing to say we can support this. We know, I'll just be honest, we know that we're going to have a team that's going to be in the playoff every year. We know that we'll have multiple teams in the playoff every year. More SEC schools in the playoff competing for the national championship, that's a good thing for the conference. So we don't want to try to be selfish and say, hey, let's just keep it at four. We know we're always going to have somebody in the top four. The SEC champion is going to most likely always be in the, in the, in the, in the mix. But let's add more SEC schools to the mix and create more, even more excitement and, and give more schools, more fan bases, and more athletes a chance to win the national championship. It's a huge opportunity. We have less than a minute before a break, and, and we appreciate your time so much. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the other big story around here when we come back. But real quick, that sounds like a lot of work. How do you continue to run a university <laughs> while also doing all of that? Well, we have a great team at Mississippi State. I mean, a great team of leaders. And, you know, it is a lot of work. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of extra uh, involvement for me personally. Uh, I get stimulated by it, you know. You always look for things to do, but we've got a great team, and I'm, I'm very blessed to be a part of it. It's Dr. Mark Keenum. He will uh, stick with us, and we appreciate that very much. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. We're live in Starkville today at the Greater Starkville Development Partnership. Come by and see us. Lafayette, Main Street, right there on the corner, an art gallery behind me, and I've been warned, stop talking with my hands because I'm going to knock them over. <laughs> and I'm getting close, and that is uh, that is not cheap art behind me. So we'll be right back. We'll talk about, again, the other big story here in Starkville. And, oh, by the way, there's a football game tomorrow. Hmm, Sports yeah. Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you in Starkville on this Friday afternoon. Back with more from... Dr. Mark Keenum, the president of Mississippi State University, and talked about college football playoff expansion. That's happened. That's over. Well, sort of. Anyway, we know it's happening. Don't know exactly when, but it's happening. The other thing, John Cohen leaving Mississippi State for Auburn. We're not going to ask you about candidates because I don't think you tell us anyway. Mm-hmm. But when, when you found out, however you found out, I'm curious, what is the first thing you did? So phone call, meeting, whatever, when you find out and that conversation ends, what was the first thing you did? Well, you know, it was a surprise, I'll just tell you. I was very surprised by John contacting me to let me know that he was about to talk to, well, he basically called to let me know that in case I hear anything in the media that he was was talking, he had already been, begun discussions with, the, I guess, administration with, the, uh, with Auburn University, and so... My first reaction was a little bit of shock. I didn't see it coming. Uh, I thought John was very content here. I'm very content with John. I gave no indication to him. Otherwise, I can assure you of that. Uh, he's done a great job here at Mississippi State, and I'm very proud of what he's done. And 
and, and he's a passionate guy. I know he loves this university, and and you can tell it by all the great things he's done. So I was that caught me by surprise, and uh, and so obviously you know when you're caught by surprise like that, I, I was like, well, John, well, t- well, tell me about this, and what what's what 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 do I need to do to help you maybe not go down this path? And he was at that. By the time I learned about it, he was already his. I could tell his mind was committed, and and he was emotionally already connected to this opportunity. So uh, that's the best way I can describe it. Just a bit of shock. And the the when on Saturday when it broke in the in the news, you know, he he did assure me that he had not accepted. They made him an offer, but he had not accepted, and that he needed a little time before he makes his final decision and i was i worked with him on that and and so um but monday morning well we basically sunday we decided we got to make this known pretty quick and that we were going to make an announcement on monday and that we were going to move forward because i couldn't wait he hadn't made a decision or he hadn't made the final decision or commitment by monday and i'm like well um we're going to make a decision, and we're going to move forward because I can't hold up our athletics department. We can't put it on hold. And so I think with that, John went ahead and resigned. He just immediately resigned before Auburn made the formal announcement. Now, the media had announced things back on over the weekend that it was a done deal. John Cohen's the next athletics director at Auburn and all this. Well, the truth is it wasn't a done, a done deal. And But by Monday morning, it was a done deal as far as Mississippi State was concerned and in the sense that we have to move forward. And and I take my hat off to John. He he, he did everything the way I would have wanted him to do it, and I'm very pleased with how he how he responded and, and has agreed to move forward. But, like I said, he was great. He did a good job, but we're moving forward, and we're going to find another great leader. This won't be the first time that I've gone down this path and hired an athletics director and in fact, uh, with uh, Bracky Brett, who we've named as the interim director for Mississippi State Athletics, who's a great leader. Uh, Bracky Brett is a Mississippi State graduate, and with him, there are now four Mississippi State graduates who are athletics directors in the Southeastern Conference. That's true. And, uh, and I've worked with all of them. Um, from Greg Byrne, who's at Alabama, and Scott Strickland at Florida, and John now at Auburn, and and Bracky, who is a twenty-plus year veteran here in our in our athletics department. So uh, we're we're slowly taking over the Southeastern Conference, <laughs> if you haven't noticed, and uh, and it's 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 going to be it's interesting when we have our meetings, and I see the directors now. It's going to be very strange when I see John in his orange and blue, and and Greg in his red, and of course. Uh, Scott in his, um, I guess, orange and blue. Orange and blue as well. So it's, uh, it, I, you know, I told, I, w- I went and met with the football team the other night, and I told them, well, John Cohen, he's just joined the AD athletic portal, uh, transfer portal. And um, and so he's joined the athletics uh, AD transfer portal. And um, and I talk, was talking to Greg Sankey about it, and Greg said, well, he said, with all of these Mississippi State graduates in the conference and with John going to Auburn, he said, you're just trying to get another vote to support keeping the cowbell. <laughs> I said, hey, that's right, you know. We'll take all the support we can get. But I, I wish John the best. He's going to do a great job at Auburn. But you know what? We're going to have a great leader here at Mississippi State. 
I guess we have to go back 40-plus years to find a Mississippi State athletic director who was not promoted from within Mississippi State. I mean, Larry Templeton was, and then Greg hmm. Byrne, and then Scott Strickland, and then John Cohen. It looks, on the early days of this search, like there will be someone brought in from outside Mississippi State. They might have previous ties, but they won't be here currently. When you go out and talk to people about Mississippi State, you know what's the reception like? Well, you know, I haven't had a chance to get out and start talking about it yet. It just happened, and uh, but we will. Uh, we're going to do the same process we we've done in the past. You know, we'll have a search consultant work with us, and it's it, that's really good at working in this space and with a national reputation. And we're going to do a national search. We've put it out. We posted the job, uh, and so. We're going to do a very, very serious. I take it very serious. I'm, I'm, I'm I love this university. I love uh, Mississippi State athletics. I've been ringing the cowbell since I was knee high. Uh, so I'm number one fan, and I want the best leadership for this wonderful t- department, this wonderful program here at Mississippi State. All of our athletics programs are outstanding. Uh, we're going to find someone who understands the business of college athletics and it is a big business just on our campus alone you know our budget is around 130 million dollars and uh so uh, i need someone who understands that side of the equation i need someone who uh, can fit in our culture being a mississippi state bulldog is special i want someone who can relate well to us can relate well to our fan base, can can communicate well, can be out with our fans and uh, our alumni and our students and just fit in and be part of our community. Uh, of course, I want somebody who knows how to hire a coach. Uh, one of the most important jobs that an athletics director has is hiring coaches. And and I give John credit for having, hiring, helping us bring some really outstanding coaches up and down the line here on our campus. We have great coaching staff, and uh, but that's a talent to be able to identify and recruit that kind of talent to lead our student athletes, uh, and then understand and appreciate this world of college ath- athletics that we're in today. And it's evolved just in the last, you know, two plus years. When you look at uh, quickly, too, and, and that name, image, and likeness, and and transfer portals, and and all the things that are changing the landscape for college athletics today, uh, I want somebody who understands that and can help us develop a vision and a plan for my, our university to to not just survive, but to thrive and do well in this new environment. So, uh, it's a tall order. It's a tall task, and. Um, but I'm confident that this university is the quality of this institution, the quality and the reputation of our programs and who we are. Uh, we're we're going to have a long list of people who want to be part of this of this university, and, and I promise you we're going to do everything in our power to bring the best possible leader to Mississippi State to lead all of our athletics programs here on our campus. Just a couple minutes left here with Dr. Mark Keenum, president of Mississippi State University. To you, in your opinion, what is the single most important factor in this hire? What what does a candidate have to have? He can't miss on this one thing if he wants to be the next athletic director at Mississippi State. Well, I think it. It's, it I would say uh, it would encapsulate pretty much everything I see. I think I can't just say someone who's a good communicator and can get out and work well with people it has to be someone who understands the business who understands this environment that we're in who who can uh, help provide leadership uh, for our 
program can support our student athletes. I mean, we're student centered. We're student focused. We're student athlete focused in our athletics department. And the student athletes come first, first and foremost. So it has to be someone who can bring all of these tangibles together to, again, at the end of the day, be a leader, be a proven, established leader in this environment. And, uh, and I'm very confident, like I said, that we will identify and bring that person to our campus. And uh, we're going to have great days moving forward. We've had great days, and we're going to keep our momentum going forward. We really appreciate your time this afternoon. You've been really kind with your time. I imagine you're pretty busy at the well, moment with a football game, which, by the way, there's a football game. Yeah, how uh, ironic it is that it's Auburn. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. So thank you very much. You, we appreciate Michael, you. It's my pleasure to be here. And what you've Brian. done for college football. And i got to get this man on the podcast. He's the only Mississippi State leader that I've never had on. I'm, I'm going to make well, that happen. Well, you've got to do You're putting him on the spot. I love this strategy. I'll be proud to do it. Absolutely. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad, Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll get picks with Bruce when we come back. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. Of all people to troll, it's Rhino, the Mississippi State fan. Imagine that. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Maybe, maybe not the best fight song to just blare out into the L- of Live like in Starkville today. Thought we went short on that one. Uh, something I noticed, by the way, in our conversation with Mark Keenum when, when asking about candidates, he didn't sound like he was in a hurry. And that is interesting to me, and, and maybe I'm reading too far into it. That tells me he's, for now, content with who he's got running the show until he makes his hire. So I talked with Brandon Marcello on Thunder and Lightning Live Wednesday night, and he, and he made the comment about a timeline that it's sort of similar to what coaches do. You know, you, coaches, they have that coaching convention around yeah. the national championship game, and that's when you start seeing assistant coaches' name. Athletic directors have conventions, too, late December, early January. So it might be a situation where Dr. Keenan wants to go down there and meet with it. That way you can meet with a bunch of candidates yeah. without having to travel. As to his, all their different places, they're all there. Uh, he's also said that that Zoom is going to be a big deal for him. So we'll see what happens. But I, my my timeline, based off of his comments, is towards the end of the year, maybe going into twenty twenty three. You have an interim in place. You have great staff like Red Hobart and those guys as well. So you feel confident about the you know I mean, what is no there rush. to do? Also, you know, right? Nothing's getting built in the next ninety days. You know, they're, they're, they're still working on the hump, but I think that you don't have to have the athletic director in place to get them to continue to work. We go to the Farm Bureau guest line right now. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Our guy, Bruce Marshall. Uh, Bruce, Richard left us again. He, he, he's never here when we talk to you, but you know what? That makes my day better because I get to talk to you. Brian gets to talk to you. Big weekend in SEC country. When it's games, we'll start with this one, Bruce, and, of course, thanks for your time. Tennessee-Georgia, number one versus number two. Do you find yourself 
it, like studying these kind of games more? Like, what's your process like when it's a bigger game, or does it change at all? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I, I've got a U.S. senator standing about 200 feet from me here now. I'm in uh, Senator Barrasso. I'm here watching um, Adam Laxalt and Aaron Anderson. And uh, Matt Whitaker's also here, too, the ex uh, Ex uh, Attorney General. So uh, anyway, I, sh- I wanted to ask you. Brasso's wearing a big Wyoming shirt, so I should ask. Oh wow, Wyoming game too. But uh, anyway, the uh, Tennessee boy. I was talking to uh, 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 Jimmy Ott down in Baton Rouge, and you know we were saying this is, reminds me a little bit of that LSU Bama game three years ago, when we weren't quite sure if we if LSU was the real deal, and Alabama is the you know, was you know defending champ and all, and darned if uh, Joe Burrow didn't go down there and win. Uh, so I, this is, the situation is a little bit different here. But Tennessee has passed every test thus far, and um, Hooker, what he's doing, he's now co-betting favorite with C.J. Stroud for the Heisman. I think what's most remarkable is the very few mistakes that he's made uh, running a high-tempo offense like that. I mean, his decision-making is impeccable. And the Kentucky game last week really opened my eyes, too, even almost more than the LSU and Alabama wins, because I thought that might be a letdown spot, and it looks like this team ain't going to let down. Now, are they good enough to go in there and do something against Georgia? I think they can make this a very close game. Georgia's had a tendency to sort of play with its food this year. I mean, they let Florida back in that game last week uh, for a while. They had a lot of trouble with Mizzou last month. Uh, Kent State was not an easy game for them. Um, I think Stetson Bennett, I am a big Stetson Bennett fan. I actually think he might make the game-winning play here. Uh, but uh, that's too many points, I think, for Tennessee, which has also covered seven of eight against the spread. So they're doing better than the odds makers even think. And there's actually a little bit more pressure on Georgia, I think, as far as Final Four goes. Uh, and just the dynamics of it, uh, they're in a little bit more trouble to get in if they lose than if Tennessee loses. I think their chances are still okay for Tennessee as long as they don't lose the rest of the way. Georgia would be very dicey. So I think they pull it out very close. 33-30, my score forecast and our gold sheet forecast. Georgia, but not to cover the spread. And the under as well, I believe, right? 33-30, the under is uh, 65, right? Yeah. Yeah, so a little bit, a little stronger call, though, on the Tennessee side than the total. The other SEC game of the weekend, Alabama-LSU Tiger Stadium, four weeks ago, it didn't feel like this game feels now. Alabama still, though, a heavy favorite, a two-touchdown favorite, Bruce. You know, this Alabama team seems to have the same personality as last year's team, and a lot of the same players. But they tend to fly close to the flame, and uh, they've gotten burned a couple times. I mean, they got burned twice last year in um, in Georgia, and then they got burned at Knoxville a couple weeks ago. Um, and they've had the Texas game this year, again with A&M. I mean, they've had a lot of close calls. And it just seems to be sort of the personality of this team. Or maybe they just don't have the horsepower to go out there and destroy everybody each week. Um, last year's LSU game is another example. They were a 30-point favorite in Tuscaloosa last year, and darn if Ed Orgeron's team, which wasn't all that good, had a shot at that game. Max Johnson had them inside the 10 midway in the fourth quarter. Couldn't convert, but he was thrown in the end zone from about the 30 at the end of the game. Uh, another example of uh, Alabama playing to the level of the opposition. LSU's been really impressive what Jaden Daniels has been able to do. And what Brian, this is not Brian Kelly's Notre Dame against Bama in the playoffs in the last decade. I don't, I don't think there's the gap 
as big as there was in those two games. And LSU's ability to play from behind this year, the resilience they've shown. I mean, they've been down double digits in most of their games, and they've been able to come back and win a lot of them. Uh, that speaks to the resilience and something Brian Kelly has built into this team that they picked up on really quick. We saw that actually opening night against Florida State, even though they lost. So, bottom line, I think they keep this very interesting. 34-29 Bama, be in character for them to win a close one, and that's what I think happens here. Chris, before we go any further, tell the people where they can get your picks. Yeah, thanks. Check us out online, goldsheet.com. Hey, check out our Gold Sheet Extra publication. And we have in there something called the Technical Plays of the Week, our NFL Technical Plays of the Week, 16-1 and one thus far in 2022. And that's all up there now, plus my picks, goldsheet.com. My picks also Vegas Insider and donbest.com. I'm not a pro, Bruce, but 16-1 and one feels pretty good. Yeah, I did this. It's up on it. Wow, we are doing that good. But yeah, we got a couple more NFL tech plays this week. Awesome. We are here live in Starkville today. Obviously, a big game for Mississippi State coming up. A lot of points in this one as well. Auburn, new coach. Uh, Mississippi State, new athletic director. He's over at Auburn. A lot going on off the field here. What's it going to be like on the field? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Cadillac Williams, I mean, he steps in here. Uh, I, I don't think he's a candidate for the full-time job. It's Auburn. Who knows? I mean, they do some crazy things there. They've got your AD there now, too, um, Mr. Cohen. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Mississippi State, I, I, my gut feel is this is the game last year, and uh, it was uh, the, the next weekend. So it was like, what, November 13th last year. This is, that's the game that really really started to go sideways for Harson when they were up 28-3 and, and Leach scored 40 straight points um, to win that thing. So, I, I, you know, Auburn, I just don't know if they're gonna, things are going to change too much. I was disappointed last week. I thought they had a shot with Arkansas. Uh, the defense is not good enough to make up for some of the shortcomings of this offense in Ashford in particular. Uh, I know Bigsby is a a top-notch back, but they've had struggles at quarterback all year. Ashford, maybe he's better than than Finley and anybody else they have, but he has not been very consistent. And I think Leach bounces back here and gets him. And uh, so we're we're taking uh, Mississippi State here, uh, 37-20, score forecast. There's too many distractions around Auburn. That always doesn't mean the team's going to lose. You do see teams circling the wagons. But remember, a lot of Harson staff – I mean, everybody who came with him from Boise is out, too. I mean, this sounds like a <laughs> – speaking of politics, it sounds like a political hit, you know, what they did at, at Auburn. So um, I, I think they're a very risky pick the rest of the way. All right, Bruce, it's our favorite thing that we do during the week, I think, is that game that is off the radar that nobody around here is thinking of that you love on the board. Okay, I'm going to give you two. Uh, oh. uh, Air Force and Army under – tomorrow in Arlington at the Rangers' old ballpark. Uh, they've been under eight straight, 42-9-1 to the under. In Commander-in-Chief games, last 18 years, that's a pretty good trend, so I'm going to look under on that one. In the Mountain West, San Diego State. Blew that game last week, but not the cover. Uh, they should never have lost that game to Fresno, but they have found they're playing UNLV tomorrow night, minus six and a half at home. They found a quarterback who was actually had been at Mississippi State earlier in his career, uh, Jalen Maiden, and he was in the secondary, buried in the depth chart earlier in the year, playing on special teams. He is now their best quarterback by a good margin. They actually have a real quarterback. For a college football team to find their best quarterback buried on their depth chart in the secondary is akin to walking on Cocoa Beach, picking up a bottle, rubbing it, 
and Barbara Eden pops out. Okay, <laughs> that's my I dream. Of, that's that's my I dream a genie reference for the year, and that's what San Diego State found with this kid uh, who had been Mississippi State earlier in his career. They handle UNLV, which is fading thirty-one nineteen San Diego State tomorrow night. Bruce, you're the best. In 30 seconds, I said yesterday, I didn't say, I guaranteed that Clemson was going to South Bend and losing. How wrong am I? I, (laughs) Clemson puts me on the edge of my seat, but here's the stat. Notre Dame, 0-4 against the spread at home this season. They've lost to Marshall and Stanford there. They're 4-0 away from South Bend. They'd have a better chance that this game is in Death Valley tomorrow. Uh, So uh, I lean a little to Clemson, but you might be right. Bruce, we appreciate you so much. We'll talk to you again next Friday. Okay, Mike. Thank you. It's Bruce Marshall joining us joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. That maiden thing is why he's the best. That's good stuff. We'll be right back. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. That is, I know this one, that's the Memphis fight song yes. on a Friday. Sports Talk Mississippi, I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad, Paige Hunt back with us. The director of tourism here at the, I'm not going to screw this up, the Greater Starkville Development Partnership. Nailed it. it. Nailed it. So we talked earlier about what's going on around here, but there's something interesting that that you are involved in bringing in the other towns around the SEC. Now, you guys, of course, are very nice to each other. It does crack me up, though, that you're partnering with, with rivals here. You want people to visit your town, not theirs, but yet you're well, still... Well, so, you know, tourists don't know state lines or... Uh, tourists don't know state lines or county lines or, or city lines or anything like that. So I took this role in January of 21, and one of the first things that I did when I, when I took the role is I called my counterpart um, in Oxford, and I said, let's prove to everybody that Bulldogs and Rebels can be friends. Uh, we need to get we need to get the cities of the SEC together. We all face the same opportunities and challenges at different levels, right? I mean, Nashville is an outlier. Um, it's a little different than say, but even you know, Gainesville has the same issues that Starkville has, and and we all sort of live and die by by our, our universities in one way, shape, or form or another. And so the, we we got the group together uh, in twenty one, and it started as a way to sort of just share best practices and ideas, and and then we kind of morphed into well, what could we do to to work with the SEC because we got to look in the Southeastern Conference does a great job with with putting on wonderful athletic events, um, but they didn't really have any travel information um, available on their website. They had game day stuff, but not travel. And so we all create content every day about our destinations. So um, we approached the SEC and, and got a meeting with their communication team and said, "Hey, if we provide y'all." With some content, will you will you share it on your website? They were like, yeah, give us content, absolutely. So we did a whole blog series leading up to last football season, and it was so successful. Uh, we did another one for basketball season, and then we continued our conversations with the folks at the SEC office, and we actually sponsored um, a lunch at SEC Media Days and and shared information about our cities with the assembled media, y'all included. Um, stickers, yeah, there were there's stickers traveling the SEC. So what we th- why we think this is important is because it's a lot of folks uh, bucket list. 
mine included, to travel to all the SEC cities, right? Well, if you've never been to Athens, you might have heard Athens is cool, but what do you do in Athens, right? So how can we work together with each other to help our fan bases know what's going on when they visit these other schools? So we're uh, right now our project that we're working on is we're, we're putting a trail together, and so uh, the way it'll work moving forward is like we're hosting Auburn this weekend, right? So we're going to have points of interest in uh, the must-do things, right, in each community. Um, and our friends in Auburn are going to share it with their fan base, right? You're going to Starkville, hey, take some extra time to go visit the Grant Library like we were talking about earlier. Um, and, and we'll likely share the same things uh, when folks are, are visiting here. You know, you're, you're coming to Starkville, here's what you do. So I think it's a really great opportunity. Uh, we're certainly all competing a lot for the same visitors, but we're working together because I think it's important. I mean, we, the Southeastern Conference ties us all together, and it's 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 a great opportunity to share about the things that aren't at the stadium. And look, it's been fun. Um, the the tourism director in Athens called me after Georgia won the national championship. She said, y'all did a great job when State won the baseball national championship. Do you have any pointers for how y'all did that parade, how you worked with the university? Um, and so we can kind of share those wonderful ideas and things with each other. We're not, we're not reinventing the wheel here you know we're all we're all going after the same thing and that's for folks to come to our communities and have a great time can i get a punch card i've got 13 out of 14 you've got 13 out of 14 yeah, yeah you need so actually you, you kind of do, do i get a free sandwich at the end of it so what we're working on is we're, is we're working on a trail that you're going to be able to to check into places and, and there will be prizes so yeah there's going to be a punch card so like stay that. tuned absolutely absolutely what's the most important thing you tell people to do when they come to Starkville? The most important thing I tell people to do when they come to Starkville is to explore Starkville. Like, if you're coming for a football game this weekend, go tailgate on campus. Have a great big time. But our downtown is a mile from campus. Come to downtown. Experience one of our local restaurants. Shop at one of our local stores. Um Go explore a place of uh, an area of Starville that you haven't explored before. I mean, drive through our historic district. We've got some great, beautiful old homes that you can drive past. There's so many wonderful things to do. But I really want them to shop and eat and get out and experience the things in Starkville. Um, that maybe they haven't thought about before. Come in a day early, you know. Um, it's been wonderful sitting here listening to y'all today, and, and I don't sit in our lobby a lot, and, and our office is on Main Street, seeing all the fans walk by, and, and they've come into town early. I saw some Auburn fans sporting their orange and blue, bless their hearts. But, um, <laughs> but you know, they're they're out exploring, so that's what we want you to do. We want you to get out and see. There's new things opening in Starkville every single day. Just come out and see what's happening. Well, we appreciate being here so much. This is uh, a lot of fun as the sun sets on an absolutely stunning day. So yeah. thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, enjoy these last this last day of uh, daylight savings time before we go into the, the That's deep. That's a whole other debate. I know. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, a whole, it's a whole mood, right? The whole, sh- the whole show, baseball, <laughs> stopping that from happening. In about 30 seconds, uh, website, places to yes. go for people that yes. want to know more. Please, please, please visit Starkville.org. Uh, click on the calendar of events. You'll see all events, not just the events we put on here at the Greater Starkville Development Partnership. But that's your one-stop shop. And follow us on social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Starkville MS. Tag us in your post. Starkville, Mississippi's College Town. We've got picks coming your way next. Who's going to win the game tomorrow? Mississippi right State. In Starkville, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Page is on the Mississippi record. Mississippi State. I have I'm a on feeling the record. That's going to be unanimous. Sports Talk, Mississippi. More when we come back.
We're at the home stretch. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you live in Starkville. We'll get that Van Halen Friday one day. It's going to happen. I, I thought about doing Pink Floyd Fridays. Right. I love Pink Floyd. And and the thing is, Gallo, don't worry. I know you're listening sometimes. I like Pink Floyd, but not for the reasons that a lot of people like Pink Floyd. Marijuana. That's not why. I tried it in college. Not for me. Ah. It's not a thing that I do. Maybe not so, talk about that. On so the air. I, I like breaking the law. Ah, uh, well, come get me. Yeah. My car's still there, though. So at least. You know, the cops haven't come for me yet. Statute of limitations, I feel like, on, on something like that's probably up by now. Mm-hmm. Although, remember the story I told about the, the guys breaking into Swayze Field and yes. stealing the Drew Pomeranz jersey? Yeah. Went to a uh, baby shower two weeks ago. Or three weeks ago. Time flies. And they confronted me about telling that story on the air. I was like, I didn't use your name. They're like, but still, now they know that somebody broke in and stole it. They yeah. didn't lose it. I mean, Pomeranz is what, 15 years removed from playing college Probably baseball? Like 20, 30 million. I, yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be okay. It'll be but, fine. But either way, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, live again in Starkville, Main Street and Lafayette Street, right on the corner. You can see us. We're not outside. I got a buddy of mine in the Highway Patrol. So he's on his way. Pick you up. Come get me. Come oh, get don't me. Don't threaten him. Hey, here, here's the thing, though. I've got my defense already figured out. We're in the entertainment business. And I was just telling a story. That's all I was doing. Prove it. It's kayfabe? Is that what we're talking yeah, about? Right. Yeah, I lied. That's Is that a good defense? I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch court TV or anything like that. All right. Yeah, but we're downtown Starkville, the Greater Starkville Development Partnership. Uh, just a beautiful day here. Got a football game here tomorrow, Mississippi State and Auburn. What do you say this time? You better get to running. Uh-oh. Well... I've got he he's got like uh, fifty two minutes to get here before I'm running so he'll <laughs> be all right. <laughs> uh, it is good to be with you guys though. You want to be a part of the show? We'd love to have you on the text line, the C Spire text line six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. If you want to be a part of the show, that's the way to do it six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Somebody says Borky will never be back on Gallo now. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, Hold on. What do you mean? He took marijuana. <laughs> he can't be on the show. You know, of all the Good impressions hey, that you do, that's that's not the best one. It's not my best one. No, the best one's Dan Mullen. Ah, oh, well, uh, see that's that's a good one. I, I, I was an old Miss fan on Twitter. Told me I do the best Dusty Rhodes impression he's ever heard. So, do you, do you feel like firing it off? Do you know who that is? I, honestly, no. Okay, so I was going to let you fire it off before well, then, I kind of no, figured then, then, out. No, who? I'm not going to do it. Then. Either uh, either way. So a couple of things first. We are going to do our picks. That That is coming. But I want to talk about something before we, we do our picks. Because sure. this take, I see too much. It is far too common, uh, considering how dumb it is. Mm-hmm. So, Liberty, Hugh Freeze, Coach Liberty, plays at Arkansas this weekend. The line in that game is 14.5 in favor of the Hogs. I don't know if you noticed this. Arkansas is an SEC West program. They have SEC West players. Liberty does not. Yeah. And too many people I've seen are doing the, is this an audition for Hugh Freeze thing? And that that absolutely blows my mind. I, I've seen people say, if Liberty wins, Hugh Freeze should be the next Auburn coach. It's like, wait, whoa, hold, hold on one second. 
there, there's a body of work there for Freeze that tells you he's capable of winning games in the SEC, make your jokes about cheating or whatever. It's legal now. Every player's getting paid. Stop it. But two, the audition thing that Josh Pate, who I really like, did with Kiffin in the Auburn game, that Kiffin was auditioning for the Auburn job, and now Hugh Freeze is auditioning for the Auburn job. What are you talking about? If the outcome of one game where the teams are incredibly overmatched makes or breaks his candidacy, Auburn, John Cohen, anybody involved in making the decision are the dumbest people on earth. And I'm not being hyperbolic. That that would be the stupidest thing. To vault him to the top if he wins or to not hire him if he loses this game is so well, stupid. What it I just... would say is it can enhance his chances. If you could say, look, this guy took this Liberty team that has zero SEC players and he beat an Arkansas team, a good Arkansas team, that has all SEC players. That, that can enhance your resume a little bit. A, a, a signature win like that. Yeah, but should it? it, it, it no, 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 I'm not saying it's an audition. I'm not saying it's a deal breaker. I'm just saying it can be a plus. Now, the problem with this, though, is very simple. It's Hugh Freeze. He's already won a ton of SEC Yes, he's beaten Alabama if, twice. If, if Hugh Freeze was a coach that had never coached in the SEC, but had been a career group of five coaches. Like Chadwell. Chadwell would be a good example. If Chad, if Chad, Let's say Coastal Carolina was playing Arkansas this week. And they were to beat Arkansas. You'd say, okay, look, he can beat yeah. SEC teams at, at at Coastal Carolina with no SEC players. No. But with Freeze, you already have a four-year window of him winning big SEC games. And again, despite what some people are arguing in my Twitter mentions, his NCAA troubles are not the issue. It's the other stuff. That is. But either way, let's stop talking about that and start talking about our picks for the college football fix. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Ole Miss fans, your team's not playing this weekend. So go to your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Test drive an F-150. You'll find out very quickly why it's been the best-selling truck in America for the entirety of Richard Cross's long, long, long life. He made an age joke about me yesterday. I can make one about him today. He Let's did. start with that Again, game. Why I am not? The oldest, but go ahead. You are, but you don't look like the oldest. He does. That's right. So it works out that way. It's it's I'm less cynical. So can Liberty win this game? They're a fourteen and a half point underdog. I don't think they can win it, and I'll be honest, I don't think they can cover it either. Uh, Arkansas will be able to run the football on them. I think pretty easily. I think, and I mentioned this the other day, that. I feel like this game will go the way that last year's game with Ole Miss went, where there will be some moments where yeah. you're like, they're down 17, and they score to make it a 10-point game. You think, okay, if they could just get a stop here, and then they can't get a stop there because K.J. Jefferson takes off running, and yeah. then Rocket Sanders takes off running, and then he finds Hazelwood in the back of the end zone, and, and it's it's back to 17. So I think Arkansas uh, will cover. I will I will take the I will give those points. I think so, too. Now, now, Liberty's got some injury issues. They might be getting their week one starter back at quarterback, but if he can't go, then they're playing like a walk-on. So they've got issues there. I agree with you. Now let's go to the game here. Just down the road from where we sit right now, Mississippi State, relatively big line. Not scary big, though. Twelve and a half, the Bulldogs are a favorite over Auburn. And what's that, A uh, uh, down a point from where it opened, I think? Something, something like, like that. that. The over-under is low to me, 51. Yeah, that is low. I would take the over on this. State has scored 40 points or above every home game this year. 
Uh, they're as healthy as they've been on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, they get Jaden Crumney back. We mentioned earlier they'll be without Forbes uh, in this game. Auburn has given up 40 straight points, or 40 points in three straight games. Wow. They got 40 points earlier this year to Penn State that you and I both know is not a good offensive team. They are not. I just don't see Auburn being able to slow down this Mississippi State offense, uh, and I don't see them being able to score as much as they have been scoring in recent games. Uh, 42-21 Mississippi State. I will give the points. Yeah, I, I will give the points as well. I wouldn't be surprised if early, early it's close and like Auburn runs the football with some success and they're motivated and they're playing for Coach Caddy and, and doing all that stuff and then... The reality will set in, and one of these teams is simply better than the other. Uh, State's rush defense is phenomenal. They've been phenomenal really all season, and they're at home, which they've been better, as you mentioned. Uh, also an off week with no drama. And the AD leaving's not drama. The football team, does. It, they couldn't care no. less yeah. about the athletic director leaving or what he's doing now. I like Mississippi State, and I like them big. Tennessee, Georgia. Georgia's an 8.5-point favorite. The number one team is an 8.5-point underdog this weekend. I've been waiting all week to say it. Wrong team. Ooh, I love it. Tennessee's winning this football game. I, oh, I, I do get... 2019 LSU vibes off this team. That team went into Tuscaloosa, and I mean, the game was not as close as the score would let you uh, believe that it was. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see a similar situation here. I think Tennessee is the kryptonite to the Georgia defense. They're going to put points on the board. I would take the over in this one as well. Uh, but I will take every bit of those points because Tennessee's winning the game outright. It is on the road, and that does change things some. But Tell me which offense is more equipped to win a shootout. Tennessee. It's Tennessee's. So if you're giving me eight and a half points despite being on the road, I'll take eight and a half points and with that offense. Yesterday, Richards mentioned that Tennessee, 26th in total in scoring defense, right? Yeah. That's with giving up 49 to Alabama. In a win. In a win. So kind of kind of skews it a little bit there. Tennessee, I think, is going to win this football game. Speaking of Alabama in 30 seconds, 13.5-point favorite in Baton Rouge. It's too many points. LSU's good. This game is on the road. Alabama will probably commit a lot of penalties. I don't think the Tigers can win. I think it'll be close. But it's going to be close. I'll take the points. That that seems like a big line. For you Ole Miss fans out there, uh uh-oh, there's a highway patrolman. I hope that's not my guy. He's coming. That's him? That's really him? Awesome. That that would actually be pretty cool. Uh, Here's a heart pick, by the way. I hope South Carolina goes to Nashville and loses to Vanderbilt. That would be so much fun. (laughs) But it won't. Uh, They won't. But, man, I would love to see that happen. Food Friday when we come back. It's Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. There it is. There's a song you should blare out of the streets to start. A significantly 
better fight song. I'm sorry, I know that might offend some people, but that's the best fight song in the state. There you go. It is. That's just the truth. Also, the Mississippi Highway Patrol came. There's that. There's there's three cars out front. Yeah. They, they promised me. We, t- we take uh, law enforcement seriously in Mississippi, Scotland. Uh, apparently so. Well, they, they said that I could go to the end of the show, and then they're taking me away. Yeah. So at least I've got that. I've got 40 more minutes of freedom before uh, my life changes I hear forever, the I guess. In the, at the Starville County Jail, is, the Octoball County Jail is outstanding. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't eat breakfast much, so at least that'll... Eggs and bacon. It'll be great. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, speaking, speaking of, of food... It's time for Food Friday, every Friday right now at 520. And we want you guys to participate. You're already doing it, by the way. You're sending them in right now. Keep that up on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. I'm going to say nothing more other than I'm handing the text line to Haydad, and that's going to be our Food Friday segment. Very good. Presented by Polk's. Uh, some of the most fun we have on this show, truly, this is a, a segment that came up organically. Some of the most fun we have on this show is our obsession, talking about our obsession with great barbecue and grilling out. Every Friday at this time right here, we'll talk about just that. Food Friday is brought to you by our good friends at Polk's Meat. Each week, we'll talk about our favorite ways to grill their delicious Polk's original Cajun or garlic and green onion sausages, as well as our other barbecue favorites. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polks, Brian Haydad, you are working tomorrow. Well, going to a football game tomorrow. Yeah. What are you cooking this weekend? Well, first off, before we uh, we tell you that, don't forget if you haven't already to make your your picks with Polks. Yes. The Polks Pick Six, supertalk.fm slash Polks Pick Six, and uh, enter those picks. You could win some. You you going to do it? I'm not doing it. Some, you can do it. Some. I'm not doing it. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh that's terrible. That yeah. is terrible. It's, it's that was better than when Richard does it. But yeah, that was still Richard terrible. adds like a little. Yeah, oh, just and, make and me uncomfortable. He makes here. it gets a little high pitched there. I, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Uh, anyway, if you haven't made your picks yet, do that. Uh, I'm keeping it really simple this weekend, Borky. We're gonna do barbecue chicken. I do have two links of Polk's Cajun style smoked sausage. We'll throw that on with it. Uh, got some corn on the cob, which I I, I couldn't be more basic. On corn on the cob, if I try it, I don't. I don't throw it on the grill. I don't like grilled corn on the cob for some reason. Just, you know, just put it in the put it. I in can the bowl take it water, or leave it myself. Boiling water and then take it out of the water, drain it, put it in a pot, salt, pepper, throw a stick of butter in, walk away. Let let the, the hot corn yeah. melts the butter, shake it up a little bit. You're good. <laughs> and then Sounds I, I got a loaf of garlic bread too. Do some garlic bread. Nice. Yeah. Simple. Very simple. I, I love barbecue chicken, though. I got a pack of wings, a pack of drumsticks, and a pack of uh, thighs. It, it's hard to beat it, right? I mean, there are so things easy. that are better, I guess, but and it's hard to screw it up, too. Which That's right. Especially the way I cook it. I use the, the Vortex cooker. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it, 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 it's not over the fire. So it's just hot in the grill. Mm-hmm. So it's, all, it's like using an oven. It won't burn unless you're just stupid. Well, you leave it out there for an hour and a half, it might burn. Yeah, well, well, don't give me the instructions because I probably could screw them up. <laughs> no, last Thanksgiving I made an over-the-top chili, and I haven't made it since, and it was incredible. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you were like me around, uh, no, Christmas actually, not Thanksgiving, Christmas last year. It is where you make your chili absent meat, 
in a Dutch oven is what I used. Right. You, you put everything in there, absent the meat, and then you get a grate and you put it on top right, of the Dutch right. oven of the meat of your choice. I what it's called. Like It's like over-the-top chili or something? Yeah, yeah. over-the-top yeah. chili. And, and you put it on a smoker and you allow your meat that you're using in the chili to cook while everything that drips off the meat falls into the Dutch oven and then when it's done, you shred it, mix it with the chili, boom, it's done. I used a chuck roast last time is yeah. what I did, and it was phenomenal. And I'm doing that again. And we've got bad weather coming through the you state the tomorrow. Ben Allen working there, by the way. Phenomenal. Phenom- is that what he yes. – So I tell you, Borky, we played phenomenal defense tonight. All right, when we got How often there, was he able to – so, uh, no, I'm just telling you that you know, that uh, Quindary Weatherspoon tonight was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> the way he handled the ball. Oh man, is, is, Q's still in the NBA, right? I think so. He's he's still hanging around. He, where, was he in? He was with the Warriors. He got his that's right. ring, but yeah. they released him. So I think I don't know if he's been picked up yet or not. Got a ring though. He got a ring. But yes, uh, look it up if you've never tried it. I'm telling you guys, it was the best chili I've ever had. It was something about the 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 smoky flavor, obviously, but with it was. I just did chuck roast on top of a chili on the smoker until it was done, shredded it, dropped it in, mixed it around, boom, done. Perfect for the bad weather that we're getting this weekend yeah. as well. It was great. Well, we've so, got some good stuff here on the text line. Though, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I I am sure that we've got great stuff on the text line that I will not be looking at. Ribeyes on the grill tonight, and then tomorrow putting a b- pork butt on the smoker for barbecue nachos. So good. Yes, sir. So, so good. Uh, Debbie from Ocean Springs. She's making crunchy taco cups in the air fryer and backed by popular demand, a chocolate chip cookie cheesecake. I would eat that whole tray. I'll just go ahead and let you know. Uh, oh, goodness, what is this? From the 601, my Mississippi State buddy has a wedding at 7 tomorrow. What a dweeb. Wait a minute. Uh, Wait a minute. He's a state. Oh. I'm sorry. It's just painful. But, but here's what you do. Unless you are in the wedding, you, you don't, don't go. go. You don't have to go. Or I have a friend, and he's probably listening. Craig, shout out you because you and your lovely wife get it. They had a wedding in the fall, but at the reception, mm-hmm. there was there's a bar in the reception area you with gotta, two TVs behind the bar, and they, and they didn't care that yeah, people were watching football, that. and it was a great time. I agree. Uh, we got from the 601 cooking 10 pounds of Q Picanha steak, steak kebabs tomorrow Ooh. for the tailgate. Also some stuffed bacon wrapped jalapeno popper, poppers. Bo from Starfall wants to know how long did you smoke the chuck roast over the chili? Uh, until it was done. Uh, so, so butter tender? Uh, yes. Um, I, and I didn't That's wrap it either. Six hour, uh, right. probably a thing. I, I didn't wrap it. So I just, I, I put, um, put the probe in and just waited until it was done and, and that was it. I, I probably could have done it differently, I guess, but once it mixed with the chili, I mean, you know, it didn't really matter. So I didn't wrap, I didn't do any of that stuff, just regular rub on the grate on top of the Dutch oven and just until the meter said it was done. There you go. Got a couple people try to give me their best recipes for corn on the cob on the grill. I, I get it. I just am not a huge fan. I'm just not. Uh, easiest tailgate from the 662. Get a Boston butt from Cicero's in Leland, Mississippi. I'd be willing to try it. Uh, 601, poor man's burn-ins. That's a chuck roast again. Yes, sir. With homemade mac and cheese. i got to make the mac and cheese for Thanksgiving at Richard's house. Yes, you do. I a lot of it. There's that. like 40 of you. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Yeah, Richard I've actually. cooked for bigger groups. You know, Richard invited me yeah, to Thanksgiving did. at his house. He did. And I'm not going to go just like he didn't go to my wedding that I invited him to. 
I invited y'all to my Christmas party last year, and neither one of you showed up. I could, I couldn't. Little one, bring the little one. I keep telling you. Uh, Mike and Oxford said you won't believe this, but prime New York strips from Walmart. Walmart. Huh? Yes, really. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, Mike from Houston's doing a white chili, white chicken chili this weekend. Always good. Uh, Jam. It. Uh, what do we got here? Don't read it. No, it's it's not food related. Okay, so never mind. Uh, Bo from Starville again said, thanks, new to smoking, been doing ribs for, mostly. Bo, I can't recommend, uh, get on YouTube, Malcolm Reed, uh, Chud's Barbecue is a good one. I know that's a weird name. Uh, Meat Church is a good one. Just find these recipes. They talk you through it, and, and you can be doing it. I mean, I, don't, I didn't know how to do any of this stuff two years ago. I know he now, listens like to this show, so Malcolm Reed's How to BBQ Right is it's yeah, that's your master one. class. Yeah. Yesterday he did a smoked then fried turkey. Oh so my smoked gosh! Smoked it, got all that smoke flavor in there, and then fried it. Got that skin not not just crispy but crunchy. Ooh. And it just and sprinkled the Cajun seasoning over the top. Looked fantastic. Yeah. He's uh, doing drinks now as well. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. He does a lot of those on TikTok. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, when next time we talk to Malcolm, I'm going to find out why he's a Vikings fan. I don't know why. But he's a Vikings fan. I know he's a big Ole Miss fan, big Rebel. How, I didn't even know in, why he's a in, no, there, there's got to be a reason, right? That, but like in, nor, in North Mississippi, to be a Vikings fan, it's got to be some there? connection that we we just don't know. Yeah, uh, Kyle's having ribeye with char grill. I'm sorry, char broiled oysters and a baked sweet potato. Sounds good. Uh, from the area code seven three one, basic burgers and hot dogs on the grill in Athens tomorrow. So he'll be at the game, I guess. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Enjoy yourself. Uh, Bradley and Marietta, fried catfish and shrimp scampi. Who won the uh, six, the pick six last week? That was you. You were the winner, Bradley. That's why you're going to be cooking some pork sausage with that shrimp scampi. And that doesn't disqualify you from this week, by the way. Yeah. So submit again. Ooh, Jeff and Hop, Jeff and Oxford, tired of chili or red beans and rice, going to do Hop and John since it's going to be raining tomorrow. I don't know what that is. Should I? It's like a, it's like black the black eyed peas is the main ingredient. Okay. A lot of vegetables. It's kind of it's not a stew. It's not a gumbo. It's Hop and John. That's the only way to describe it. I'll, uh, I'll have to look that up. Great submissions. We always appreciate them. Yeah, uh, most of them. Anyway, most we appreciate of most of the submissions. <laughs> I've got a gripe with the SEC when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday live in Starkville. Sports Talk Mississippi, your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Goodbye to Texas Una. Diversity. I'm serious. Goodbye to the orange and the white. Yeah. Uh, people around here Goodbye like to... to half your number one signing class. <laughs> They'll hit the portal the last night. <laughs> I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Uh, people around this state like to use the term little brother and saying big brother and oh, stuff. Watch out now. There is nothing more little brother than Texas A&M's fight song. Okay. Nothing. 
nothing more little brother than singing about Texas all the time. Only only a loser uses little brother. I always say the same thing about little brother, by the way. That, that Michael Corleone was the little brother. Fredo was older. So just you know, just remember that. I don't know the reference, and that's okay. I mean, I know the characters, but I have not seen it, so I don't know. Gotta, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I am not cultured the way I should Let's be. Let's do a couple of quick shout-outs here. We got, yes. Uh, first off, I'll let you do the, the genteel one, and I uh, want to thank the fine folks literally just down the street at Moe's Barbecue. They provided food for us here today. Too much food, by the way. Way too much. Too much. If, you, if you had showed up here to see us, we could have fed you as well. I just had a fantastic plate of smoked turkey. Got some mac and cheese there. We got banana and chocolate pudding, cornbread. I mean, the fixings are everywhere. Thanks to our friends at Moe's Barbecue. And Hey Dad's rocking a Genteel shirt right now. I've got a, I've got a couple jackets on the way for me as well. Genteelapparel.com is the website. It's the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Football season's almost over. I know that's very sad. It is. But you go to basketball games, don't you? I do. Hey Dad does. A lot of you do too. Baseball season also is actually going to come up on you pretty quick. They've got a collegiate section, not just collegiate apparel, but they've got a collegiate section. Old Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, got some Alabama too. If one of you guys are out here listening as well, but GenteelApparel.com is they have the website. Louisiana as well, yeah. Let's uh, let's it's look very, at the collegiate random. tab. Actually, yeah. uh, it's Old Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, Alabama, Auburn, Missouri, Louisiana, Texas A&M, and Memphis. Those are all. Part of their offer. You're, you're gonna be making people mad. Where do you see Southern Miss? It's coming. Oh, okay. It's uh, okay. I was like, do you know something I don't? Do they change a logo on me? Can your son buy? Yes, he can. Or are you talking about the food? Yeah, he can come by if he wants to. We'll feed him. Moe's will feed him, I guess yeah, I should up. say. So, yeah, GentioApparel.com, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. So, you have a gripe? I have a gripe with the SEC. All right, that's that's so, the money. Go ahead. The, the Tennessee Alabama game. I would say we all watched it. Maybe that's a little hyperbolic, but it felt like everybody watched that football game mm-hmm. and enjoyed the heck out of it. Right? I, it was everything that we love about college football, and specifically the SEC. Yeah, stadium, rabid fans electric game back and forth points and points and points and more points and rivalry and songs and pettiness and a field storming and it was awesome the visuals after the tennessee alabama game were everything that's great about college football and it's what makes college football different from the nfl because you don't have field stormings in the nfl you don't have that visual you don't have the cigar smoke rising up over neyland stadium after they beat alabama for the first time in a decade and a half that was amazing and what is the sec doing to respond to that scene They're trying to make sure it never happens again. Reading from a press release, the Southeastern Conference Working Group on Event Security will review and update policies intended to address post-game spectator inclusion on competition fields and courts in the SEC. The SEC Event Security Working Group, is what they're calling themselves, will also consider strategies to support effective crowd management for the purpose of enhancing the safety and experience of fans, team, staff, officials, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey announced today on Friday. Here's his quote. 
Current conference policies need to be reviewed and improved with a focus on addressing field and court incursions by spectators after contests. The SEC's working group on event security will focus its efforts on reviewing existing policies, blah, 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 blah. The SEC is trying to change the punishment for field storming because the punishment's not working and people keep storming the field. The whole, it has to happen to Alabama for it to change, used to be conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. Now now it kind of is that way. Why? I... Here's my gripe. I understand that it can create situations that are not ideal. I get it. I I do. But there, instead of ruining this because poor little Nick Saban was scared, which is what he said, by the way, in a press conference, he was scared walking off the field. Oh, poor you with your multiple police officers escorting off the field. I'm sorry you were scared, and I'm sorry your player can't keep his hands off a woman. Porky's rolling. Go. But why would you not get this working group to figure out ways to keep one of the coolest things about college football intact while also making it safer? Instead of trying to eliminate it, figure out first How can we keep this around while making sure it can happen without incident? Why is that not your focus? I feel like the problem is there's no middle ground. It's either you're you're Clemson and you're doing it every week so everybody sort of knows the procedure and it's safe because – or it's spur of the moment and if if you try to stop them, you're going to have a much bigger problem. You're going to have a much bigger crush of humanity and that's how people really get hurt. You know – People tend to not get hurt when you have a field storming, but if you try to stop them from having a field storming and you're like pushing them into each other, that's when people can get really, really hurt. And I don't know where the middle ground is there. Yeah. So, like, what do you do? Do you redesign stadiums or, 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 or build, put build-in ramps to make it easy to get down on the field? And say, you know, Stuff like that. Try to keep it um, orderly. I don't. I don't know what the answer is. That would be a good idea. I, I think there, but we can workshop this and get smart people and logistics people to workshop this to save it. And this is the example I use all the time. Now it's not near as intense as Tennessee's, but Clemson fans they they, they storm the field. They don't just go on the field. They storm the field after every single home football win. Doesn't matter the opponent. They do it. Now, I think it's a little excessive. I think it's fun. I've been a part of many growing up. It's a really fun thing to do. But I think it's more fun when it doesn't happen very often, when it's more unique. But they do it without incident. When they have big wins, they storm the field like they do in the SEC. I mean, everybody converges on it, and nothing happens. They condone it. They... they encourage that behavior. So find ways, whether it's you you give the opponent a time period to get off the field or you go the PGA Tour route and and get a handful of security guards with ropes and you block off like a, a pathway for the opponent to get off the field. There are ways that you can preserve this instead of trying to ruin it. Because, again, what happened after the Tennessee Alabama game was everything that's great about college football, despite little Nick Saban being so scared. It was great. So find a way to preserve that, or else you're going to become the NFL, and if you become the NFL, you're going to lose because you're not as good at football as they are. It's the intangible stuff that makes college football great. There's an easy, Don't take that away. There's an easy way to prevent field stormings, by the way, if you're on the road. Don't lose. Don't lose. 
as our, our I just got a text from our good friend Luke Johnson who said, "Hey, you don't want to get field storm? Don't lose." It's amazing what what happens when you just inject logic into this. But uh, forgive me for wearing a tinfoil hat. Richard would probably disagree with me here, but it, I think I think it's not surprising at all. Borky, some tinfoil. Yeah, I need some tinfoil. There's some right over there, actually. I'll put it on my head. I'll be right back. But it's not surprising at all to me that this working group or whatever is being enacted after Alabama gets the field stormed on them, and there's an incident involving an Alabama player in which their coach talks about how scared he was. That's not surprising to me at all. If if Let's pretend that Tennessee beats Ole Miss last year. They don't throw mustard and cans and bottles on the field. They beat Ole Miss and storm the field. Does a working group get formed? No. No. Well, I mean, we've had decades of field storming. Every team in the West, except for Alabama, has stormed their field. I'm, I'm almost positive of that. Yeah. But once it happens to Alabama, and it has happened to Alabama, that's the kick six. Auburn stormed the field. Maybe they let Ole Miss go. stormed the field after they beat out. But Alabama. there, remember, there was no incident where Nick Saban was scared. So. I don't know, man. I mean, I get where you're coming from. I also get that people want to be safe. You don't want to. You don't want to get people hurt on a college football field. So I'm a little more in the middle here. I'm more yeah. leaning towards you because I love. I love to watch field storming. I love the emotion and the pageantry and the passion of college football. But I also think that in this day and age, when you can sue anybody for anything. You got you, yeah. you, know, you got to protect the investment there. Find a way is what I would say. Find a way to keep that because it's it's just awesome. Yeah, Josh and Laurel points out by the way that uh, Kentucky stormed the field after a loss. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they did. I recall that very very well. <laughs> the Bluegrass Miracle all the way back in two thousand and three. We got one more segment with you live in Starkville. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. We'll be back. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Great day. Great day to be in Starkville. Jerry in Brookhaven has a problem with how I've said it. Apparently, I said Ville once. You've been saying it wrong this whole show. Please forgive me. No, no. We are in Starksville. Oh. I... In, in we'll Octobah fight. County. Oh, my gosh. And we're going to watch. what Jerry wants you to do is say Stark Vegas. We're, we're going we're gonna to watch... Uh, Mississippi Tate play. Oh, okay. Now we're really going to fight. At you got to stop at Duty Noble Stadium. My blood pressure, I feel it going, which up. is nearby 
the uh, the Shump Coliseum. I'm, I'm just yeah. going to pull a Lane Kiffin here yeah. and check my pulse mid, mid-term here. <laughs> it has been a great day here at the Greater Ooh. Starkville Development Partnership right here just on Main Street. I was going to say off of Main Street. We're not off Main Street. No, we're, we're on it. We couldn't be more on it. Just a beautiful day. Great hosts here. Starkville, like I said at the beginning. Some like popcorn? Yes. You need to go across the street. Get, hit up the Poporium over there. Oh, I learned, by the way, yeah. that uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch makes popcorn now. I believe that. They have the shaker stuff, yeah. No. I mean, they make... Oh, they just make popcorn? Yes. Well, they got like 50 flavors of popcorn. I need to go across there. the street. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Right right there with the red mm-hmm. top? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I need to go there. It's been a, a great day, though, and a lot of fun, and hope you guys had... Uh, fun along with us. I guess Gerard was here earlier. He stomached being here. Surprised his skin didn't start to bubble up and boil <laughs> off. Goodness gracious! But but man, this place really has. I, I I'm not you know pulling anybody's leg. I'm not pandering. Honestly, it's the truth. I if you'd have told me that in twenty the the 2011 me that Starkville would look like this today, I probably wouldn't have believed you. It looks great. A lot of good stuff happening here. My home, your home. Yeah. And home of Mississippi State football, who's playing Auburn tomorrow without T.J. Finley. I don't think that matters, but he didn't make no. the trip. All that matters. All that would only matter if Robbie Ashford were to get injured, because then they're going to the uh, the true freshman, uh, whose name I do not recall, which just tells you how far down the the depth chart that he is. He played against Ole Miss a little bit, or, or am I? Is it? He played in a game. Holden Grenier. Yes. Well, or, his or, name. Was it Ole Miss against, or, or was it the game before that against Georgia? I think got out of Finley hand? came in against Ole Miss he for did that for one a couple series, series there, and that was a mistake. So yeah, the uh, the that guy Holden Grenier, if you remember, that's, that's what we, will happen though. Is if if Ashford does get injured, they would go to Grenier because they don't have another quarterback. Yeah, so uh, Finley did not travel if they're here, but if they're not here, he will not travel. But we so had somebody play. ask us on the text line said, um, or who's. Who's starting for Auburn tomorrow? I mean, it's Ashford. Yeah. But we knew that already, I yeah, guess. Yeah, we already knew that. Backups, though, maybe not uh, Maybe not the yeah, case. It's, it's only an issue if there's an injury. He ain't saying Stark Vegas. He just did. We get on the text line. I just did. You just made him say it. If you were an Ole Miss fan and your goal was to get him to not say that, congratulations. I did. You played yourself. Ole Miss fan Ray says the president of Mississippi State is impressive and first class. Yeah, we met with uh, Mark Keenum earlier today and Rhett Hobart. Both of those interviews will be uploaded online. Follow us on our social channels, uh, Sports Talk Miss on Twitter, Sports Talk Mississippi on Facebook, the Super Talk YouTube channel. Those will be uploaded there sometime tomorrow. And of course, I've got, I've got to drive home tonight, so I'll do that either late tonight or early tomorrow. Within moments of this show finishing, the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast will be available, and you can listen to those interviews there as well. Yes, sir. Commercial free. So wherever you get your podcast, search Sports Talk Mississippi. Uh, commercial free. You hear us every day. This show gets uploaded. You've also, tomorrow after the game, got a thunder and lightning coming. And well, you've got a thunder and lightning post game, and then a thunder and lightning to double up, double the hate ass. So if you're a Mississippi State fan, go to your favorite podcast app, search Thunder and Lightning, mash that subscribe button. If That's you're an like Ole Miss 750 fan, 750 pounds. <laughs> if you're an Ole Miss fan, the Rebel Report. Although there's no game this weekend, there's usually when there are games, there will be a Rebel Report uploaded. Um, often, I, I would say often. Uh, 
intimated, but it's not. It's actually somebody tried it once, and and that's no longer that's the true. case. Yeah, that that <laughs> happened got, once. That but. got stopped. Preston and Fulton says the second best city of Mississippi is okay to visit every now and then. Why are people taking shots today? It's Friday. I don't know. Man. I, mean, I love Biloxi as much as the next guy, though. Great city down there on the coast. Uh, we need to talk to the uh, the Greater Starkville Development Partnership people about this. We could do that because they're right over there. We get this message. I want to see a sign on the outskirts of Starkville saying the home of Brian Haydad. I want like a whole billboard of just, come to me, my babies. <laughs> Let me quell your pain. Uh we get one message here. Good show. Love your interaction. Two lovely college towns. Thanks for showcasing them. Yep. Any time they want us back here, we well, I, will I live here, so come back. I'm always here. Football game tomorrow. Yeah. State's going to win? Yeah. I mean, if they don't, guess what? I'll be on this show telling you how State's bad and Mike Leach is in a lot of trouble, but I don't think I'm going to have to do that. For Richard Cross, who is in Pennsylvania right now, and Brian Haydad, and everybody here at Super Talk, I'm Michael Borky. Thank you so much for making our show a part of your day. What a great day it was in Starkville. Back on Monday at 3. Y'all have a good weekend. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.